The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. Thank you so much for joining me. And to everyone out there, happy National Black Breastfeeding Week. I have a very special guest with me today. Today I have Anaya Shangodeli Ioka. And if you aren't familiar with Anaya, I think you're in for a real special treat. Welcome, Anaya. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, good, good, good. Well, I got to tell everybody that I'm just plain excited today. This has been a really great day for me, uh, partly because for those of you who are regular listeners to the show, you know that one of my favorite places to be is at my mother's house, and that's where I've been. And it has been 70 degrees with not a cloud in the sky, and I have been on the deck or in the sunroom literally all day, although I have had to work like a crazy lady because I'm working on a syllabus for a course, but it's been a really, 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 really great day, and we've got a good show coming up. I just want to say for those of you, now I know that many of you mothers are following us on borntobebreastfed.com, but for those of you who are following us on Breastfeeding Outlook, or our Facebook, I just want to let you know the results of the Breastfeeding Outlook's Facebook contest. The winners of, there were three winners. One was for a $100 Amazon gift card that went to Laura J. Diamond. One for a $50 Amazon gift card that went to Judith Day McCloyd. And finally, a gift certificate for $50 uh, to Breastfeeding Outlook. And that went to Ann Dempsey. Ann will have the opportunity to use that towards one of our courses or materials or whatever she'd like, really. And I just want to throw in something interesting. Ann works at Breastfeeding USA. We just mentioned Breastfeeding USA on a show here, I don't know, probably a couple of weeks ago when I was talking with Marion Thompson as my guest. And the other thing is, I want to let you know that I'm sitting here today with my uh, T-shirt on from Breastfeeding USA that was given to me by Lisa Wilkins, who works at Breastfeeding USA. Uh, that was a few weeks ago. And so, Lisa, just let letting you know, uh, T-shirt's on my body, and here I am doing breastfeeding all over again. <clears throat> so, Anaya, it is a national... Black Breastfeeding Week. And earlier this year on my show, we talked with Kimberly Seals Allers about why uh, 
why there's a World Breastfeeding Week that is at the beginning of August, and then there's a special week at the end of the month for National Black Breastfeeding Week. So Kimberly had some thoughts on why it was needed to have a National Black Breastfeeding Week. Uh, We'd really be interested in talking to you about that. Tell us a little bit about your thoughts for why we need a National Black Breastfeeding Week. Sure. And actually, uh, Kimberly and I, as well as Kidata Green from Black Mothers Breastfeeding Association, collaborate on Black Breastfeeding Week happens. So uh, a lot of what Kimberly said is what applies. Um, okay. So how it came up last year at, in early August 2013, of expounding some of the factors that I'm sure she mentioned on the show that uh, influence Black breastfeeding rates. Um initiation and duration rates, which are a range of social factors that may be present um, in other communities. What I'd like to say is it's sort of like um, having a GPA. Okay. There are <laughs> lots of factors. We may all take the same courses and certain, certain um, factors in a course may have more weight than others. Quizzes may have more weight than homework assignments, which may have less weight than exams. So all these elements are there, but the weight that they have influences the grade differently. So maybe in one class, the discussion is more important than another one. And so if you're really great in discussion, you might do really well in that class. But if that discussion uh, ability does not sue you in a different class. So I like to say sometimes it's a matter of social factors that are present in lots of communities, but their weight may be different in our our community. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to breastfeeding, there are factors related to class. There are factors related to... um, wage, wage discrepancies. For example, you know, we all know that um, at, even in 2014, women only get paid something like 67% of what men get paid for doing the exact same work. Same job. Yep. Right. But the, even that factor is lower when you talk about black women. It's still in the 50%. So you see like there's, there's still all these things that if you actually pay attention to different communities, you'll see that the factors weigh a little more heavily. Um, that's especially that Particular thing is significant because how much how much we earn and affects whether or not we can actually stay home and breastfeed. Um, whether we can initiate breastfeeding and have and have that relationship start out pretty well. Whether we can afford lactation support um, in the long term. So these are just I'm sort of just throwing out examples, but sure. um, I, I encourage everyone to read the piece that Kimberly wrote: Five Reasons Why We Need a Black Breastfeeding Week. Um, she published that last year. It's also available on our website, blackbreastfeedingweek.org, um, to get into some of those factors. So, Anaya, would it be fair then to say that the inspiration for National Black Breastfeeding Week is to highlight those particular, you gave an analogy about the weighting that one might have in a course, for example, mm-hmm. to highlight those differences? Would you say that that was the inspiration? No, no, no? I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. Um, okay. I really like to reframe this discussion that we have. When we talk about Black breastfeeding, or uh, there was a story that came out, a lot of the stories about breastfeeding right now, about how, oh, initiation and duration rates are increasing, and it's so great, but those Black women still lag behind. It's a very negative framing. I don't know anyone who wants to hear that as their motivation, like, oh, you guys are lacking behind. You need to catch up with us. Black Breastfeeding Week is about centering the optics of Black people and, black, and breastfeeding 
and and having healthy families and healthy communities. And it's about centering our narratives so that we know that we're valued, that we're important, and that we can help each other do this. Um, and so one of the things that we hear a lot about Black Breastfeeding Week is why do they need a special week? Yeah, and we're not saying <laughs> we don't need, we're not asking anyone for anything. That's number one. We're not asking anyone who doesn't want to be a part of helping to increase black breastfeeding rates in our communities to be a part of it. If you feel that that is something that um, is against your values or something, then we ask you people to not be a part of it. There's a, for this is an, I like to use examples or analogies. I think one good analogy is that we have a National Grandparents' Day, we have Mother's Day, we have Father's Day, but don't you still have a family reunion? For you to have a family reunion does not mean that you are saying that you are somehow um, so superhumanly different from the rest of all the grandparents and parents and mothers and fathers in the world. It's a time for you to focus on you and your family, what you share, um, maybe some differences. It's, it's just a, it's a, a time to celebrate what you do and what you can do together. And Black Breastfeeding Week is really about us as a community doing what we can to support Black, bre black breastfeeding and not make it a sideshow, not make it a story about how we don't do it enough or what's wrong with Black people and why don't they breastfeed. It's a celebratory time for us. We say, hey, look at us. We do it. Some of us don't. Why don't we? We get to have that conversation with each other. So maybe it would be more fair for me to sum up by saying that it's a, certainly a time of celebration, a time of awareness in the positive, but not necessarily a shaking of our finger of, oh, you folks just can't get it right. Oh, absolutely not. But, well, yes. And, and we, we really want to shift it away from that frame. Yeah. And we're also yeah. very much we also very much want people to feel empowered about breast, Black Breastfeeding Week. So it's a time to showcase what people are doing locally in their communities um, to show the world that, you know, the story becomes black women don't breastfeed enough, but that still excludes the great deal of us who do. And it gives us an opportunity to highlight the people who do to hold them up as role models for people who don't. The flip side of that is what I also like to say to people is when you see breastfeeding advertisement, when you see book covers, when you see things that promote breastfeeding and they don't include people of color, they don't include people who are not heteronormative, do you notice that that is exclusionary? And do you speak up and say, hey, mm -hmm. this doesn't mm -hmm. say white, bre white breastfeeding, but it sure does look like it's only about white people breastfeeding or it's only about married couples breastfeeding or it's only about heterosexual couples being in a breastfeeding relationship. So, you know, if we're going to pay attention to the optics, I think people should not be fooled by the fact that it says Black Breastfeeding Week. That's just like sort of a signifier for us to say, hey, look, guys, we do this, too. Don't be fooled by the name if we're not going to pay attention to the way it looks all the time. I have to chuckle a little bit because it was many years ago that I noticed a photo of, actually, it was a white woman, but she had her fingernails all manicured and she had her hair all beautified and she had the flowers in the background and everything was all perfect, perfect on her. And I just looked at her and I thought, she doesn't look anything like I do. <laughs> you know, It's like that, that image to me said, it, it, it seemed like, I couldn't relate to that. And mm. I think maybe that's part of what you're uh, saying here is that when when we look at something, it's not only what's there, but what's not there. And mm -hmm. to just sort of take stock of it. 
Oh, I, 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 I think you're catching on. That's definitely yeah. a part of it. And also in a larger, in a larger way, if you look at um, the dominant conversation about merit, uh, parenthood, um, uh, the larger conversations of just about like who, what, what humanity is valued, what is presented as the normal for humanity. And oftentimes we are left out of that conversation. And so just because we know breastfeeding is like, it's a great practice. We all feel a lot of personal fulfillment and power from it. Um, that's just, that's not enough to overcome, uh, the social segregations and oppressions that already exist, that we all already live in. So National Black Breastfeeding Week gives a wonderful opportunity to indeed have that discussion. For people who want to have that discussion, we're really focused on using what we have and what we can to promote breastfeeding among African-American families, to celebrate families who do breastfeed, and to talk about some ways. Um, it gives people an opportunity to share their stories because that influences the next generation. Um, I don't know. We're not necessarily focused on having the conversation about why Black Breastfeeding Week every year. Um, that's why I say that piece Kimberly wrote last year, the five top five mm -hmm. reasons why we need a Black Breastfeeding Week, I think is great. And if people are interested in having that conversation, it's a great place to start. Um, actually having that conversation over and over again takes away from the work that we're trying to do to actually help increase breastfeeding rates in our community. Okay. okay. All righty. Well, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about those rates and your thoughts on the community when we come back. I'm Marie Biancuto, and I'm here with Anaya, and when we, uh, we're going to take just a short break, break. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuzo, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Cancer is not something to be taken lightly, but instead of being talked at by doctors, medical providers, and others, wouldn't it be nice to hear from a host who has worked at the cancer coalface for 38 years as a caregiver, supporter for 14,000 patients, and who has had the experience of having a life-threatening condition herself? You will hear the stories of survivors and other people who work in breakthrough cancer medicine. Navigating the Cancer Maze with host Grace Goller will help you with the facts, planning, and grief experienced with different forms and stages of cancer. 
Listen every Friday at 12 noon U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuso? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso, and I am here today with Anaya Shagodeli Ioka and on the uh, first segment, Anaya was sharing with us a little bit about what breast, what Black Breastfeeding Week is, what it isn't, uh, a little bit about the impetus for that. And so I think that I just want to pick up, Anaya, with you talked a little bit about the activities for National Black, uh, excuse me, for Black Breastfeeding Week. Uh, Tell us maybe just a little bit about how you were involved or what you think is important as part of the uh, the Black Breastfeeding Week. Um, hmm. I think that as the sort of leadership that convened Black Breastfeeding Week and have taken up the charge of promoting it and making it something that people know about and uh, feel ownership in. I guess our charge is sort of like we just to keep the conversation framed in an empowering, celebratory and fun way. So the way that that looks for us is we do, uh, you know, it's basically a public health campaign, which I don't, which I don't, I'm not sure if people view it that way, but um, it's a lot of social media. So we open the week. And if anyone notices on is a is a a, a, fr- a fan of our Black Breastfeeding Week page, we open the week with memes w- that I create around whatever the messaging is that we want for that year. This year, um, we're celebrating families, um, and we always try to have the conversation be about families because we know that uh, a family is just like that one step out from the individual that's important yes. in the community, right? That yes. is yes. so significant for breastfeeding. And so this year, our theme is Black Fam's Rock. Um, once again, we want to have an empowering message to say, hey, your family's great. And we have a, com- a larger conversation about family and parenting. And we try to make, sh- make sure we weave breastfeeding into that conversation. So in any case, today we share lots of memes. Um, some, things on, some messages on those memes are things like babies love when grandmas help make breastfeeding work or babies love when dads help make breastfeeding work. And we show, you know, happy families, which are all actually breastfeeding families, even if they're not breastfeeding in the family in the photo, they're actual sure. breastfeeding families. So I thought that was kind of cool. Anaya, maybe I just couldn't hear your word, but you said it was about uh, babies. I thought you said needs, but I wasn't sure. Ba- memes. I think you're memes. 
Memes. Okay. Memes. M-E-M-E-S. Memes. Um, got it. Got it. You know, the images we share on the internet with some funny or snarky message on them. And so that's what yeah. we do on the first day of Black Breastfeeding Week. We try to just like get a lot of excitement going socially on social media, Facebook and Twitter. And, you know, people take it over to Instagram and all that stuff to people so that people know because we're still in the in the phase where we are just building awareness about the fact that this exists and opening the space for the conversation to happen. Because believe it or not, some people don't breastfeed because they still do not know that it is a thing to do. Right. So Believe we're still in that we're still in that level of conversation for some people. But, but clearly, uh, you are a passionate advocate for the use of personal stories, and to some degree, uh, using social media. Although you've done it in other ways, uh, that whole idea of personal uh, uh, stories. I'll talk to you about your book a little bit later. But tell me, did you have women in your life? who provided that support, people who shared their stories, obviously, before you got your children, or did you just wake up one morning and decide, oh, breastfeeding is a good thing, I'm going to do it? How did that work for you? <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm not one of those people who um, had the genius light bulb moment, that, <laughs> you know, went off and they were the only one to figure it out. Breastfeeding is my family tradition, so... I grew up seeing my mom breastfeed, breastfeed, my older sister breastfed, you know, my I knew my grandmother had breastfed my mother, like it's it's what my family does. And so now my niece has seen it and my sons have seen it and you know, cousins like it's just a part of of how our family begins our parenting life. By the way, I just want to say that when Karoji Patrick was on my show last week, he said the same thing. It was just what the family did. That's just it's like you know, some people eat burgers every Tuesday night, well, his family breastfed. And, and apparently that was the case for you as well. Absolutely. And so I never had any question about it, which I think is really significant. And this is one of the reasons why we really want to stress narrative and story, because um, as breastfeeding support becomes more professionalized, um, I think that especially when people are just learning about breastfeeding, the fact that there's, there are professions to support it can somewhat can make some people feel as if it is something outside of them that they have to learn and that, you know, they, you know, they need all this education about it. And I'm not saying that some people don't need to learn because there's definitely a learning learning curve, but I think having exposure to it ahead of time can help one tap into their own intuition, their own peace, their own calm and sense of knowing and personal empowerment to be able to wait things out, to be able to ask for help when they need it and know when to just relax and know what's normal. So I don't know that I've always been successful at this, but I always try to keep in mind that even though I am a professional and I do know my stuff and I absolutely can help a, a woman breastfeed, I try not to come across as a, quote, expert. Because I feel yeah. like when I give that message, then it says, oh, breastfeeding is so complicated that you've got to have an expert to help you. Yeah. And in fact, you know what, my mother was great. She She would always say, well, I don't understand why you have to teach women to breastfeed. Nobody ever taught me. There's nothing to learn. <laughs> it was yeah. in that simplicity. And by the way, obviously in my family, you know, breastfeeding was just what you did. And if you, I'm sure that if any of us kids would have ever come home and said we weren't going to breastfeed, we would have been excommunicated from the family, you know. Uh, but but she really but the saw point is, that, oh, is that she had already taught you. The exposure yes. is what teaches us already. And so when Absolutely. we're... When we start to learn as an adult and we're thinking about how learning happens, we think formal education um, yeah. because that's yeah. what we've, we've been trained to, to value that. 
So, which is fine, but you know, as a, as a child, um, we're always learning. And that's one of the best, the best opportunities to learn is by exposure from your family. And so that is one reason why we also privilege narrative um, and privilege the social interactions, especially this is why social media is such a great tool because social media is sort of like it can jump into that space a little bit for us too. We're always learning by these things that are just scrolling across our screens and that our friend is sending and I see my friend share the breastfeeding things and she keeps talking about how great it is. So that's going to plant a little <laughs> seed in my mind. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I know maybe she's somebody I can talk to if I have any questions. Um, and I, I, I empathize with what you said about being a, pre- a lactation professional. I'm not a lactation consultant, but I'm a nurse and I'm a, a student midwife. And so having been, being in that role from, from time to time, and even as a doula of people being like, okay, how do I do it? What do I do? And the first thing you always have to say is first calm down, first breathe and relax the muscles in your shoulders. We're yeah, just going to yeah. take it one moment at a time. Uh, absolutely. So Anaya, you're active with the Black Breastfeeding hashtag. Now, some of our listeners might not be familiar with Twitter. You know, some of them are older than I am, so um, which makes them really old. <laughs> so how would they join that conversation? Can you help them understand that a little bit? Sure. So um, hashtags are a way. We used to have, I guess, chat rooms back in like the 90s uh-huh. that we would use. And hashtags have created a innovative way for people to have public conversations um, without siloing themselves off into a chat room. And the way we do that is by using hashtag, which is the pound sign and the word. And uh, there are some really great breastfeeding hashtags that are pretty much always active on Twitter. And you'll see them becoming a little more popular on FaceTag. And you'll see the pound sign and something like BF Cafe or BFING for BFing or breastfeeding. Um, And those are hashtags that people will sometimes just go on Twitter and they will search them to see who's talking about breastfeeding. Um, And you can leave some, you can use it if you have a question, you leave the hashtag with your question and maybe somebody picks it up and responds to you. Um, Black BFing entered that conversation last year as a collaboration with Moms Rising, United States Breastfeeding Committee, uh um, Uh um, Breastfeeding Roles Organization. I worked for Moms Rising. I'm I'm a program associate with the organization Moms Rising, and, and I was also a fellow last year, and we wanted to do something around breastfeeding for Black History Month last year, and that was what came out of it through that conversation. We created the Black Breastfeeding Hashtag, which we still use um, and get a lot of traction out of, actually. So one thing we're going to do during Black Breastfeeding Week, we won't use the B- the Black BFing Hashtag. We'll use BBW14 for Black Breastfeeding Week, and we'll use Black Fams Rock. And, um, okay. We'll have a conversation, a parenting conversation, and we have collaborators like Ebony Magazine, MyBrownBaby.com, oh, uh-huh. which are like larger parenting family publications. And we have conversations yes. about family. Who are your family role models? What, what do you do when you um, have, have reached sort of like a breaking point and you don't know which, which way to go in your parenting? We have a large conversation about parenting, but then we also talk about breastfeeding and to normalize it. Did mm-hmm. why was breastfeeding so important to your family? So we always want to make sure we try to bring breastfeeding into normal everyday conversations about family life, and we use the Black Fams Rock hashtag for that this year because that is the theme for Black Breastfeeding Week this year. We heard recently about the uh, Six Words campaign. Uh, can you tell us just a little mm-hmm. bit about that before we go to the break? Oh, yeah, I really like that. Um, I don't know if it was the Kellogg Foundation that started it or um, USBC, but it's basically six word stories. It's something that goes around on the Internet. 
And one way to use it right now for breastfeeding is to use six words to tell a short, impactful, or powerful, funny, or quirky breastfeeding story. One of my favorite ones is from Cammy J. Goldhammer, and she says something like, um, Native women breastfeeding, that's food sovereignty. Um, ah. and, so she would, and she would hashtag <laughs> that with six-word story. Yes. I posted my six words, and I think that they were substantially less creative than that. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, it's it was um, it was kind of cool. All right, um, it, really really fun talking about this stuff. Uh, I'd just like to make sure that all of our listeners know that uh, we've got more coming here on the other side of the break. We're going to talk a, just a tad more about social media, and then I want to move to the social factors affecting the uh, black breastfeeding experiences. I'd also like to thank our sponsors for this show, uh, New Angel, and that's www.nuangel.com. And I'd also like to thank our other sponsor, Pump and Pal. It's www.pumpinpal.com. And for all of you who are there, do not go away. I will be right back with Anaya on the other side of this break. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuzo? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuzo, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. 
Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everybody. I'm Marie Biancuso with Born to be Breastfed. I'm your host today, and I have... Well, actually, I guess I'm your host like every day that I do this show, but today I have a special guest, and that is Anaya Shagodeli Ioka, and we've been talking with her about Black Breastfeeding Week, then we talked a little bit about how she has used social media to really help people to tell their stories, and she talked to us a little bit about the importance of narrative, and so I guess kind of where I want to go with this is to move to this publication that came out from the Centers for Disease Control, I want to say a few days ago. Uh, Yeah, I'm looking at it here. It's August 22nd. And the name of the article is Racial Disparities in Access to Maternity Care Practices that Support Breastfeeding. And then they qualify it as United States 2011. Now, for those of you who might not be very familiar with how um, statistics work. Notice that this was published only a couple of days ago, three days ago, and they're giving the data from 2011, and that's because it takes the better part of three years to actually get the data, crunch it, get the article published, and so forth. So uh, there were some interesting things that came out of this. Let me be clear to say that this was published in Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report, or what you professionals might know as the MMWR. And, uh, you know, they they talked about here uh, that the duration rates among black infants, and I'm quoting, direct duration rates among black infants in the United States are approximately 16% lower than among whites. And this was in the very first sentence. And I looked at this and said, yeah, we, we got it. Like, <laughs> for as long as I can ever remember, Breastfeeding rates among black families has always been lower than among white families. So to me, this is sort of like old news. The part that I think is new news is that they are trying to relate this, and they actually did relate this, to the MPINK indicators, which is kind of another whole discussion. But what they really looked at were the practices in hospitals. And they were able to correlate the places where the the mothers were delivering their babies, maternity facilities, and they said that when the mother lived in a zip code, and typically anybody, uh, black mothers, white mothers, any mothers, tend to go to hospitals that are in their, their closest neighborhood. And they were saying that what they found is that in zip codes that were predominantly black and 
there were hospitals in those neighborhoods that the hospital's breastfeeding practices were less supportive than in other hospitals in other zip codes. And then they picked out, they said three, but when you looked at the data, it was actually four. I had to write it down for myself because I looked at the um, uh, the p-values. There were really four things, and I'm kind of desperately looking for where I had these little icky notes to myself here. Oh, here we go. The, the largest differences in these facilities were, first of all, that early initiation of breastfeeding did not occur as much in those zip codes where it was a predominantly black neighborhood, that there was a limited, well, no, that's not really true, that, that supplementation with formula was more likely is what they were really trying to say, and that there was less rooming in. And the other one was, uh, I thought this was, it was interesting, uh, that staff did not have as much breastfeeding education. Those were the four things that they picked out that were statistically significant. Uh, Anaya, I thought that it was quite interesting that when they got to the end of the article, they, they said the reasons for the differences in maternity care practices by racial composition of the areas are not clear. So in my opinion, when you've got facts that are, I, I mean, clearly the statistics are there. We've, we've got the facts, but the reason for these differences, they say, is not clear. So in my opinion, when the facts aren't clear, then anybody can feel free to speculate with opinion. Do you have any thoughts about why why these differences might be? Um, you know, I do. And one of, what I find to be interesting is that even if we cannot parse out, um, even if there have been no studies that have parsed out why the differences have there um, are there, we there are studies about things that do work. And I'm really more interested in seeing some more attention being put to those and funding and resources being put to those, which is why we do talk about narrative because there's actual research that shows that that um, is really significant for improving breastfeeding rates with black families and increasing self-confidence in nursing mothers. Um, but I agree with you about, about opinion. And I think um, especially going to talk to the people who are actually affected by it to get their opinions about yeah. it is much even better. Um, a couple of years ago, Kimberly Seals Allers uh, went on, um, she had, she would conducted her own field research and I forget if the, if she was like funded through Kellogg or whomever to do that, but she did extensive in community research in cities with the lowest uh, breastfeeding rates by, of black families. And she, and she has put some of that information on the internet. I think there were places like Mobile, Alabama, oh, and sure. mm -hmm. um, New Orleans. Alabama has, has, has had very, very low breastfeeding rates the whole across the whole state for a long time. Mm, okay, and places like New Orleans. Yeah. Um, and she went and she went to those cities and she sort of canvassed the whole community for the for their breastfeeding health, so to speak, mm -hmm. um, finding out, you know, practice in the hospital, but also what was the support like in the community? What what was there in, any intergenerational knowledge or awareness about breastfeeding that could support a mom who wants to breastfeed? And I think that what she, that what she 
has found is, is probably really significant and relevant for this study. Um, and I think what it really takes is, go, is being on the ground and talking to people. One thing she did was actually talk to people. She knocked on doors as well as conducted, you know, statistical analysis and research in hospitals. She knocked on doors and talked to people. Do you know what breastfeeding is? Have yeah. you heard of it? You know, oh, we, have to, <laughs> we have to get down on, you know, into the trenches, so to speak, and like ask real questions to people and not take for granted that everyone knows. Everyone doesn't know at this point. Um, sometimes the, our messaging is off-putting and people just don't even want to pay attention to it. So yeah. it's yeah. not sinking in all, all, all over the place. Well, one of the things that occurs to me is these hospital practices, and that's what they really looked at in these studies, right. was how the hospital practices differed from one hospital to the other based on their, their zip code. One of the things that as I hear you talking, and this did not occur to me when I was reading the article, by the way, so already, Anaya, you have been enlightening. Um, as I hear you talking, I'm thinking, you know, sometimes these hospital practices, even though I, as a nurse, may tell somebody, this is what we do in this hospital, or this is what we want to do in this hospital, or what this is what this hospital recommends. The fact of the matter is, if that comes as a surprise to the woman, the patient, the family, you know, they're not, they're not real eager to do it. And so I guess I would wonder back to the knocking on doors, is it, is it somewhat of that early awareness that makes the hospital more likely to do the practice and then the mother more likely to fall into line with the practice and does all just kind of get smoothed out and going better when there's an early awareness of what breastfeeding is and what it really means. And it's not sticking a bottle in your kid's mouth, you know? Um, I do think, I do think early awareness matters. I guess that's sort of like what we talked about. You know, we had, we had an informal education about breastfeeding in our families. I do think yes. early education matters, but I also think that it matters, especially when you have a relationship, a trusted relationship with people. Um, so if you have a primary care provider that you are seeing who you trust with your health, having an early conversation with them, I think matters. Um, and, and, as opposed and, and, to just when they get, when it's time to have the baby, having that conversation throughout yeah. the pregnancy at the very latest, because I can tell you from having worked labor and delivery, whatever I say to that woman when she's laboring, you know, <laughs> I, I can try. But it's, it's really harder to reach her at, at that point. So, Anaya, before we go to break, let me ask you this. What do you see as maybe the two or three most uh, prominent, I don't know if differences is the right word, but what are the two or three challenges that you think that black women face that white women don't as related to breastfeeding? I think we face, um, oh gosh, so you, uh, this is a really big question to ask with 10 seconds left. <laughs> um, we got a little more than that. Okay, so I think the challenges that are weighted a little more heavily have to do with working outside of the home. Um, uh. which has which has historically been the case for African American women since the time we set foot here. Yes, um, you the, there is a his, there's a historical socialization um, around breasts um, from slavery during Jim Crow era. There's a there's a there's a, a whole social history around the usage of Black women's breasts that okay. sort of works against us. There's also like aggressive marketing by form by formula companies, which is also from the dawn of 
formula marketing has always been pretty predatory and aggressive with African-American families. Um, you have what we've already talked about with uh, less than supportive healthcare professionals in general. And people just, I think it sounds, it is less than supportive, but people also just don't expect us to do it. So they, they figure why waste their time having a conversation when they only have 15 minutes to see you. So there's that, uh, you know, the soft bigotry of low expectations to use George Bush's um, phrasing. Um, there's not a lot of role models we see being promoted for breastfeeding. So um, that's why the imagery and the optics of breastfeeding becomes important. And then also self-efficacy around it um, mm-hmm. for this practice to be so natural. And we keep harping on how natural it is. But then if mo- the only people who can teach you about it are not within your community, that that is a, a very imbalanced power dynamic that is not self-empowering. So I think it also matters for people to, to see others like them who have done it, who can do it, but who can also teach them and support them a- in doing it. There was a very succinct, uh, I'm very impressed with how you handled that. Uh, uh, Thank you so much. And uh, listeners, don't go away. I am here with Anaya, and both of us will be right back right after this short break. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuso, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you, too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that, too, through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuso? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
are listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everybody. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. And just before we took a break, Anaya was talking about, she did what I thought was just a remarkable job of summarizing some of the issues that black women face that white women don't face. And so I, and and by the way, for those of you who did not hear the show that we did with, or that I did with Kimberly Seals Allers earlier this year, Kimberly and I took about one whole segment a 15-minute block, really, to discuss that. She really went into that in substantially more detail. Anaya did a masterful job of summarizing, and I didn't really give her much notice for that. So if if you want more detail, I would like you to also listen to that show that I did with, with Kimberly. So, Anaya, at the end of the day, and, or the end of the show in this case, what's your top message for new mothers who are listening to the show right now? Um, my top message for new mothers is always one, one about empowerment. To tap into your own personal power. If you could grow a person, if you could you know, navigate the process of adopting a new child or whatever that process was for making that child into, into your family, if you could navigate that process, then you can enter into this parenting thing to continue to work on developing one's own parenting confidence, self-confidence, and personal and sense of personal power. I think that's the key for all of this because you can figure out the resources, you can figure out you know, all these other things if you can learn to be centered, to be calm, and to believe in yourself. Wow. Uh, this goes to what I have told women, which is when I say, well, what's the most important organ for breastfeeding? And they kind of look at me weird and say, uh, the breast. And I say, nope, wrong answer. The brain. You really mm-hmm. have to believe that you can do it. Yes, I love that. And I, th- I really liked that you framed that in the sense of parenthood, because, you know, again, as a professional, I've gotten a lot of calls for a, quote, breastfeeding problem. And it's really more of a parenting problem or a parenting quandary or or lack of confidence with parenting. And it just kind of gets spoken in breastfeeding language. Mm. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that the fact that you framed that in terms of uh, the family, and if you can, you can do family, <laughs> you know, you're halfway home. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I think so. And I also wanted to just um, correct one thing. I think that um, this goes back to my thing about um, weights. But yes. it's not that we necessarily face different issues than anyone else, but I think the mixture of them, the way that they sort of come together is a little different for yeah. African-American families. But yeah, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. I, I, and I got that impression as you were talking, but that's a good clarification for anybody who might not have picked up on that. So that was a really good message for mothers. But how about for folks like me, for people who are the professionals um, listening to this show, what might be the biggest take-home message that you would have for those folks? 
for um, pro- basically providers, supporters. Mm-hmm. I, the, I guess my biggest take home message um, is to keep believing in, in the family too, but to also utilize all of our other tools, all our secondary and tertiary ways to reinforce a message through imagery, through the way we encounter a person, building relationship, you know, having uh-huh. diverse breastfeeding messaging up and talking about it, you know, not just in the visit when we're advising, but showing that we actually value it. We value our relationship with our clients or our patients um, outside of just that one interaction and getting them to do what we want them to do. I think it's a lot of the soft interactions and the, the environment that we create. So I would say pay attention to that. So it's really more than just the words we say. Yes, of course. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, Tell us just a little bit about your book called Free to Breastfeed, Voices of Black Mothers. Um, Tell us, why did you write that from the standpoint of the voices, in which, by the way, I'm at a little disadvantage right now. Your book is sitting on my desk, but I'm not in my office. But, (laughs) But tell us, why did you write it from the standpoint of the uh, the scenarios that the mothers, uh, how did you even think to do that? Oh, so that's a really good question. In 2011, Janine, my co-author, um, and I had, we both had children and that was how we connected. And we uh-huh. both were like so taken by the breastfeeding relationship and so moved uh-huh. by it that uh-huh. we wanted, we were like, but why is it that we don't see any other black women breastfeeding? Like we knew in our circles, people who did it, but in the larger, you know, the dominant narrative, we never saw black women breastfeeding. So we did what's called, what we call it the Brown Mama's Breastfeed Project. And we asked okay. women to submit their own images. Um, not, and we were, we didn't want it to be stock photos either. We wanted it to show that this was something yep. that was very normal and people yep. do in their lives. So we asked people yep. to submit their photo as well as something like one line about why breastfeeding was important to them. And what we got was that photo as well as like these longer treatises, narratives, you know, things about why breastfeeding was important. And we said, whoa, everybody, like all these women who breastfeed have a story to tell. It's about more than including images of black women. It's also about empowering them to tell their stories and know that their stories matter. And so we expanded that to the book. Indeed, their stories do matter. And that's all the time we have today. I'd really like to thank Anaya Shangodeli Ayola for uh, being with us today. I'd especially like to thank all of you for listening to Born to be Breastfed. And I'd like to invite all of you to come back next week. Please visit my website at borntobebreastfed.com for a preview of what's coming up. And if you're interested in professional continuing education about breastfeeding and lactation, remember, I'm your source for evidence-based practice and education on the web and sometimes in your city. I will be actually in several different cities this fall and this spring. So again, parents, I'm at borntobebreastfed.com. Professionals, I'm at breastfeedingoutlook.com. I'm Marie Biancuso. I promise I'll help you to cut through the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding next Monday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, remember... Your baby was born to be breastfed. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuso next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby. 